You're listening to Three Makes Baby, a podcast about fertility, family, and genetics. I'm Jana Repnow, a fertility counselor and author of Three Makes Baby. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to season two of Three Makes Baby podcast. I a lot has happened since I wrapped up season one a few weeks ago and was actually planning on starting it back up next week. But with everything that's happening around the world with uh, the coronavirus outbreak, I really thought this would be a good time to get back on and start sharing some content. When my guest on today's show and I spoke on December 12th, we had no idea what was coming. But now I can see how important and relevant this episode will be for you. So I will let you listen into our conversation about how she has used techniques over the years with her clients to help them find that calm in the storm. Listen in. I'm here with a special guest, a, another therapist, Amira, and she is out of Toronto. She is a reproductive therapist, and I'm really glad to have you here today, Amira. I'm going to let you tell us more about what you do. I'm so honored to be here. I love all your work, Jana, and I I look up to you, and I use a lot of it with my clients. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're an amazing resource for me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been great to get to know you over the years, for sure, and I know we've talked many times on the phone, and um, and you're a great resource for uh, the – I know you work a lot with mind-body, and I just would love to hear more about that because I'm a huge believer in mind-body work with regard when you're working in infertility. Yeah. So yeah, and our journeys, you know, have a lot of parallels. So Mm -hmm. similar to you, um, my husband and I were struggling with secondary infertility. So this was 10 years ago. We had conceived our daughter effortlessly and she was one and we were trying for number two and it didn't happen like it did the first time. And I panicked and I went to my family doctor and you know, a couple months later, I went back and she finally made the referral to the fertility clinic and we went and they started us slowly, really thinking that everything would be fine. And we went through a couple IUIs and did all the tests and we discovered that we were dealing with male factor infertility. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. We do have very similar stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't perfect. I had a little bit of, you know, endometriosis and my thyroid, but we were told IVF would be our best option. And so we did it and we ended up being successful Mm -hmm. and we conceived twins. And I am so happy and I sometimes still can't believe we had a positive outcome, Yeah, but I just can't remember. I mean, I can remember so clearly how, how, you know, I felt during that time and felt emotionally, emotionally dysregulated Mm -hmm. and, you know, isolated from my friends and Mm -hmm. feeling defective and not, not really feeling like there was a lot of support out there. That's true. Now, did you have to use ICSI? Yes, we did. did. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, My husband... Yeah, it worked. It worked the first time. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so great. my husband had a vera, varicocele. Varicocele, yeah. Varicocele, yeah. yeah. Same. 
Same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. It was, you know, 10 years ago for us a little longer and there was just even less out there. There was no social media. There was um, less talking about it in general. The only group we had here in the U.S. that I found that was talking about it and having meetups with was Resolve. What did you have back then up in in Canada as a resource? Yeah, interestingly enough, there wasn't a lot. Um, You know, yeah, I don't even know if fertility matters was a was around back then which is kind of comparable to resolve i do remember there being a magazine at the clinic um that was called conceive and i really liked it i liked it because people would contribute their stories and it was kind of like i think the beginning of us speaking out more about fertility and I, I remember sitting in the waiting room and, and reading this magazine and I was a social worker at the time and that's where I, I just knew that if I get through this I'm gonna dedicate my my work to helping others get through it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. About the same way. And so what worked for you at that time when you were going through infertility? Did you have some techniques that you developed or started to use for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think I was, I had dabbled in it a little before mindfulness, and it was a time that I was able to bring it back into my life. But it was more very individualized. I didn't have a support group, and I felt like I was pretty much on my own. And it was very stressful. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I look back, I was very stressed. And mm-hmm. I, I remember after our transfer, you know, taking a few days to just relax and not do anything. And then realizing this is out of my control. Mm-hmm. Like it's now out of my hands. Mm-hmm. So it's true. And one of the biggest things that women struggle with is that feeling of being out of control. And they're so used to having a say in their life and being able to have a sense of control over the results. I, I talk to so many women who say, this is the first time in my life I've ever something I've not been able to achieve something that I wanted and they're just rattled to the core. Yeah. 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 And it's so hard that uncertainty. Yeah. So it's like the first time they're having to deal with this, these unknowns and that life doesn't go the way you plan it. And I really feel like that's where the mindfulness skills can help so much. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So I remember when I was going through it, you know, focusing a lot of my attention on really trying to figure out, you know, what I should be doing to optimize my fertility, solving the problem, Mm -hmm. you know, really getting to the bottom of it. I, I spent so much time on the internet and this, I don't think was helpful. It just precipitated my anxiety about Um, a situation that wasn't in my control. mm -hmm. So the mind body is, it's an outlet to channel some of that angst into in a way that's more adaptive and more productive and, you know, gets you to the same place with consistency, I guess. With Yeah. Practice. How do you explain it to people for those that are wondering what is mind body? What are they talking about? Um, How do you explain it? Yeah, I guess I just sum it up as a number of techniques that you all have that are connected to your mind or body or both Mm -hmm. that can help bring you back to the presence of your life, Mm -hmm. right? So 
Yeah, and calm your mind and calm your body mm-hmm. and help. And within these techniques, you know, you're, you're, you soften, your body opens, mm-hmm. you're, you become more receptive. Absolutely. It's, I've, been, I've heard it described as a way of controlling your mind, even though that sounds counterintuitive because we're actually not controlling. The goal is to not control, but it's right. a way to, to pay attention and be aware of what's happening in your mind and be able to bring it where you want it to be, to a state you want yeah. it to be in. Is that right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like becoming the witness to your thoughts yes. and watching them all and accepting them all. And yeah. there's good and there's bad, and thoughts are just thoughts mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and when we can recognize that and take time to let that resonate, everything's a lot easier. Absolutely. What's your f- favorite? mind-body exercise, or maybe let's even just say what's their starter exercise that your first one you give people? It's so, that's so interesting. I do. I start with one on usually the first session of our six-week series, and it's so basic and it's so easy. And I ask everybody what they comes, what comes to mind when I say self-care. And I tell them to imagine that they're a vessel, right? And they're a vessel that will eventually and hopefully carry a baby. And that vessel needs to have energy and be restored and, Mm -hmm. you know, be nourished. Mm -hmm. And how can we self-care each day? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's something you think you already do, whether you go for a manicure or a pedicure but this is a little bit different. And I talk about, you know, really setting an intention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I give a handout and I make an acronym that breaks it down Mm -hmm. in a very simple way. Mm -hmm. And each day it's trying to address each one of these aspects, whether it be the mind, whether it be the breath, whether it be superimposing joy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Just doing these different activities that are all connected to self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mindfulness and the practice. And we say it's a practice because at first when you do the exercises, they seem like they don't work or they seem just uh, a lot of people go, I don't have time to do that. And one thing I try to convince people is that it's one of the most productive things you will do in your day. Totally. Because it centers you and it allows you to clear out the clutter that gets in the way of being productive. Totally. And it just generates a general space so that you can respond to things around you as opposed to react. Absolutely. You get to choose instead of life taking you along on its plan or, you know, just sort of going with what's the fire, the next fire you have to put out, um, you get to feel a sense of um, what you get, what you want out of your day a little more, even amongst the chaos, even amongst, you know, all the million things that you have to do. And, but it has to be practiced because like the first time it's not an automatic thing. It's right. It's like a muscle. It is. It's like a muscle. You have to train it to to do it. And then before you know it, it becomes automatic. And then you're yeah. doing it. It's a 
I say this, they say state changes lead to trait changes. So every time you change your state of mind over time with that practice, then you change your traits, you change who you are. That's amazing. Yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you practice grows stronger. It does. It does. Right? So it's got that spillover effect. And the more you do it, the better you're going to feel. And, you know, you'll be just going about your day-to-day life and you're, nothing's changed, but the way you are responding to it has changed. Completely. Completely changed. Yeah. Mind-body is one of the important aspects that of when we look at quality of life, when people are going through infertility, the Fertiqual measures the mind-body scale. And a lot of people don't know, like, what is that compared to emotional? Because there's also an emotional scale. So mm-hmm. how would we describe that to people that the difference between, you know, being emotional and having a lot of emotional stress and needing the mind-body connection? Like, if we're to measure that, how, would, how do we distinguish that? And that's kind of hard for me sometimes to explain the difference to people. Do you have a good way? Yeah, I think, you know, mind-body, I mean, there's many parallels between the two of them, but Mm -hmm. a big thing with mind-body is just bringing more acceptance to the process and acceptance to what we're experiencing. And and when we can bring acceptance, and it's just everything feels so much easier. And I'm not saying that you're going to like what's happening or like what you're thinking, but as we bring acceptance to it, there's a shift in our emotional expression. Oh, that's such a great way to put it. Yeah. So the mind body is the connection and the acceptance of what's happening, what we're going through. And then the emotional piece is obviously just that, just emotions, how we are being emotionally affected when so you can have somebody who's deeply emotionally affected and so their scale is that meaning I, we can see that by their numbers that they are really struggling emotionally and they're also really struggling with mind body and mm-hmm. one of the first things i don't know if, if you've done this as well but one of the first things i do is work on the mind body cuz first of all they have to connect right so yeah connect. it's interesting you say that cuz i find sometimes i'll see a client and the, they're in such a state of distress that exactly you need to calm them down, mm-hmm. right? And allow them to just come back to themselves mm-hmm. before we can start to work with what's there, right? Yeah, absolutely. One of the visual ways that I can notice it is uh, clients will uh, they'll do short breathing. And so I love how you right. brought up breath work and how important that is. Because one thing we do when we get really stressed emotionally is we start to shallow breathe. And right. then we're, connect, we're disconnecting our head from our body, so to speak. And then that mind-body connection is a disconnection. And the more we get up in our heads, the more anxious we get, the more nervous, you know, neurotic kind of things start to, to come into play. And so that mind-body is starting dropping back down into our bodies. And I noticed you do like some some courses, right? You do some... Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little more about yes. that. Yeah. So we, I, I facilitate, it's called a mind body fertility group and it's at one of the hospitals here in Toronto. And 
I actually um, also run one online. It's called the Online Mindfulness Fertility Series. And it's a six-week program that addresses the emotional distress and mm-hmm. I guess struggle that's often associated with this journey. So we explore a number of these techniques, nice. including mindfulness and the relaxation response, mm-hmm. which is another good one that I was just going to talk about just mm-hmm. to help your body feel calm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love the work. I love um, seeing these women go through the program and just in at the end of the program on the sixth week, there's a noticeable difference in mm their demeanor and their body and their, they seem so much lighter. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we get to see women who go through it and will also cycle through treatment and Mm -hmm. it's not always successful at the end, but the feedback that I've gotten is that regardless, they're just in a better place to accept whatever, whatever comes. Yes. Yes. And they feel more capable of yeah. handling it. Whatever resilient, it is. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful, really. It's it's so powerful. I know Alice Domar was kind of one of the pioneers behind the work mind body work for fertility treatment. Yeah, started. back in the day, she wrote a book that I know I read a decade ago, Conquering Infertility. Yeah, Still, really such a great book. Great book, really great research, and so you know it's. I'd love to see it in in most clinics, wouldn't you? This practice. Totally. I wish we could totally. can we get that. We gotta make that happen. I know. <laughs> it's so some of the research around the mind body is so old. And mm-hmm. I always think about wanting to do a study. I'll do it with you. Let's do it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring some bring some funny clowns into the fertility clinic and uh-huh. have them put on a show after the transfer. Oh my gosh! Yeah, bring they have a study it. like that. Do they really? I haven't seen yeah. that one. Yeah, was- and those that watched the show had a had a higher success rate. Oh, you're kidding! So this is where it goes back to the power of the mind and the state of mind, and not um, not that we're you know there's a l- real sensitive area where. You, we have to be careful about saying that stress causes infertility because there's totally. no research. There's no research that says that, right? And, and so, I always make that very clear. Yeah, I, these are yeah. skills that are going to just help you feel better. And yeah, a side effect could be a pregnancy, it right? Be, yeah, it could be. There's no guarantees, but we right. know that that you will feel better. And if you continue to practice these throughout your life, it'll help you for the rest of your life, right? And there's nothing to lose. But yeah, I think that there's still so much we don't know and we don't understand about the power of the mind and what we're capable of and what all the different chemicals that that coincide with joy and peace and contentment can do for the body and how they can heal the body. We just don't really right. understand it enough yet. Yeah, um, so. it's amazing. And every time I dabble in it, it's so it goes, you know, it's so it's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, the works of Herbert Benson are quite amazing. He was the one that developed the relaxation response. Yeah. It's a powerful response. It's what's really important about it is that you, when you get really emotionally stressed, you get into your emotional brain. And when our emotional brain gets flooded, 
our cognitive brain, our thinking brain goes offline. So they, these right. two brains can't function at the same time. They, one overrides the other in a way, especially the emotional brain. It really will override your thinking brain. And so that's important to do these relaxation techniques like you mentioned. It's a way to calm the emotional brain down so your thinking brain can come back online and right. you know, help you to feel more um, stable and steady. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, we can't make decisions, you know, from a place of instability, right? We mm-hmm. want to be able to see the big, the big picture. And mm-hmm. yeah, our brain, when it's in fight or flight mode, the emotional mode is designed to make quick decisions, rash decisions to, for survival. But you're right. When you're in that state of mind, it's much more difficult to make decisions that don't require you to. <laughs> Uh, to be rash and aren't about survival. Uh, and yet being having infertility naturally puts a lot of women and men in an emotionally flooded state because right. of the chronic stress and distress of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So it, it like rebalances and the yeah. whole system in a way that is so healing and yeah. And then it makes the women feel like they're doing something proactive and it is proactive. Mm -hmm. It's helpful for their overall being. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How do you, how do you work with doctors or local clinics to get them to encourage them to send their patients to, to your group or to see you and, and incorporate some of these techniques while they're going through treatment? Yeah, I think it's a it's a smaller community here in Toronto than I think mm-hmm. where you live in okay. the states mm-hmm. and I, I have a lot of connections with naturopathic doctors and some of the clinics have that integrated already into the clinic which nice. is pretty great. Mm-hmm. I mean word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Social media. Yeah. And I've been running this group now for seven years. That's incredible. So it's been a while. That is incredible because, you know, groups in general are kind of can be tough to get off the ground and keep them running. So the fact that speaks volumes to you, to your work, to how you're helping people that you've had that group going on that long, that truly is, for those that aren't in the therapy world, that's really, really remarkable. So, and that yeah, and got, it doesn't feel like work. That's the yeah. Thing. Yeah. No, totally. It's, you, I can tell you enjoy it. And I really enjoy your posts on Instagram. Um, just they're so mind body mindfulness centered and, and they're just great. I really enjoy that. I think they're almost like fertility mantras, you know, or fertility Aww. affirmations that I think it yeah. would be great for people to follow you and get a sense of, of kind of what mindfulness, the state of mind, how that, what it can create for you as you're going through the process. Thanks, Jenna. I feel the same way about you. Oh. I love seeing your posts as well. Yeah, thank you. I always share your stuff with any, any couples I work with who are going through donor conception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there's so many little sub categories of fertility that we can attend to. And I love that you really attend to the mind body piece. Give us a picture of what it feels like. It is, do you all come in a small group? Do you sit around a table? Do you, you know, it's so of- interesting. Yeah. So we do, we sit around a table and, you know, at the hospital, it's quite, it's more conservative. And then when I run it at a naturopathic clinic, which has a yoga studio, it's a lot more calm and there's couches. And so there's 
it's those two environments. And yeah, we all sit around in a circle and, mm-hmm. you know, talk and share. And I do the psychoeducational piece. And mm-hmm. the one that's online, again, it's every, you, you show up and you be there at a certain time and you see everybody's picture on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. quite it's quite interesting. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not alone. There's yeah. so many, so many women out there that are struggling. So many men out there that are struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need the same thing for men. There aren't a whole lot of men groups. Uh, and that's kind of something I hope changes in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Cause I know that the feedback I'm getting from some men is that they would like it to be a male leader. And so while you and I are out there doing this work, it's not necessarily what maybe the men really need or want is to have a female-led group. So I think it's just we need those guys, to, those male therapists to step out and facilitate. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be a therapist, but just someone who's you know committed to the cause and wants to help other guys be able to talk about it, because they do too. There's, there's actually a group here in Ontario run by a male He's a wonderful guy and he went through his own journey with his wife and okay. they had three children who were conceived through with a donor sperm and okay. he's, yeah, he's wonderful. And so he, like he, he's been running this group. It's like a sport support group and yes. he's, yeah. So what's his I name? know men love talking to him. Mm-hmm. I can send you his details. His name's Vince. Yeah. And that way we can possibly get him on uh, i can put in the show notes and people can find him if they're in the area yeah yeah Yeah. he's wonderful does he have a presence online as well yeah i i have to look i know he has a website so we can i can send you that and you can put it in and i can share this podcast with him and Mm -hmm. oh he'd be happy to help that'd be great and then people can sign up for your online program as well remotely no matter where they are Totally all over the world. We okay. have um, we have one coming up at the end of January, starting the 30th. Okay. And how do they do that? How do they sign up? So they can send me an email or check out my website mm-hmm. at www.healinginfertility.ca. Okay. And all the details are on the first page. Okay. Well, that's amazing. That's great. Well, I love your work. Is there anything else you would share with, you know, be- people that are right in the middle of their treatment or infertility or even just first finding out and they're afraid and they're having a lot, a huge emotional reaction and, you know, feeling isolated. Is there anything that just a piece of advice or wisdom? I think just coming, you know, coming back to your breath and, you know, and that will help you help ground you. It's like an anchor Mm -hmm. and this experience, although it feels devastating now, it's not going to last forever. Yeah. And you know, you were you're strong and you will get through this and and there's so many women out there who are also struggling just like you. Mm-hmm. And those who aren't struggling with this are struggling with something else. Mhm. True. So true. Well, thank you for coming on today. This was so amazing and I really hope people will look you up, find your mind body program and sign up and learn about this amazing ability to really change your state of mind and to gain a sense of control back in a, in a process that feels completely out of control. So I think it's, you're a beautiful person in the world and a great resource for people. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jenna. It was lovely chatting. 
Be sure to check out The Fertile Mind on Instagram. That's where you can find Amira. And I also want to let you know about a couple of updates. My new workbook is a companion book to Three Makes Baby, and it was launched, I think it's been like 10 days now. So that's available on Amazon, and that's just, it goes with the book, and it's a space for you to make notes and take the self-tests and write in the book. So that is it, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you would like to follow me for more content, you can find me on Instagram at Jana Rupnow LPC and Facebook. And you can also grab a copy of my book, Three Makes Baby, on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Target.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate it and share it with a friend if you like it. Have a great day.